Good day, gentlemen. Welcome to Fridays with the Fellas. We are gathering as we do every Friday here. We're talking about manhood, wisdom, and all kinds of good things. Good morning, Ken. Hey, Dale. A very manly Friday to you as well. So when I was growing up, there was a very dear uh, friend, family friend, who often would say uh, whenever something good happened to you, uh, when things turned out your way, when, when there was a, a blessing, she would say, well, you must be living right. Somebody must be living right. Something like that. What did she mean by that? She meant the Lord is doing good to you. Therefore, you must be doing something well. And I remember that stuck out to me as a young man. And then I went to seminary and, uh, the, uh, theologians told me, no, that's not right. You can't expect any good thing because of what you do. Everything is sheer grace and there's no correlation between what you do and what happens to you. And then I started to read the Bible again and stopped reading the words of men so much and realized my uh, dear family friend knew the character of God and the scripture better than some theologians. So we're going to talk about that today. And uh, I want to go back to Psalm 72. We're going to be in Proverbs, so I want to go back to Psalm 72. This is a, uh, a psalm by Solomon, or actually for Solomon, probably. But now we know it's really about Jesus, right? Because all the psalms are about Jesus. So this king that is being described is not King Solomon, ultimately, but this is true of Jesus. So, uh, says this, O God, grant the king the ability to make just decisions. Get, uh, grant the king the ability to make just decisions. This is a, a request. Grant the king's son the ability to make fair decisions. Then he will judge your people fairly and your oppressed ones equitably. So the reason I want to start with that is I talk a lot about the fact that Jesus is reigning now. He is king now. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to the Lord Jesus. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father, as Ephesians says, far above all rule, power, dominion, and authority. And everything on earth is in subjection to Jesus. And we have this, this psalm that says the king is going to rule the nations justly and fairly. And he goes on and describes how he's going to take care of the poor and the needy and the oppressed and, and the righteous. The godly will thrive. They will flourish, it says. And I, I wonder sometimes if we don't relegate his justice and judgment and fairness to sometime in the future. You know what I mean? whether it's Judgment Day or if you're premillennial in the Millennial Kingdom or something along those lines. But the scripture describes this as a present-day experience. The king is on his 
throne and he is ruling and he is reigning and he is making fair and just decisions for his people all day, every day. Let's not be functional deists. Jesus is at work and he cares about doing what is right and what is fair and he wants us to do what is right and fair and he rewards that. There is benefit, there is blessing to being righteous today, not just in the, in the next age. So I want to frame this discussion from Proverbs uh, with that. So the uh, first, where we're at is in uh, chapter three, ch- sorry, chapter 11, verse three. And uh, Solomon says, the integrity, interesting, Solomon, that was written for or by Solomon, interesting. The, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Would you say that you are a man of integrity? What do you think that means? Got Ken and Dale on here. What uh, what does integrity mean? What does it mean to to walk with integrity, to live with integrity? That's a phrase that we use fairly often. What does it look like? What does that what does that mean? It's in contrast here to the crookedness of the treacherous. So literally, to walk in integrity means to walk a straight line as opposed to walk perversely or crookedly. That's the imagery that the words communicate. And Solomon says, if you are a man of integrity, if you are upright, if you are righteous, if you do what is right, your integrity will guide you. On the other hand, the the person who is treacherous, his crookedness destroys them. Yeah, Dale says, uh, to do what you say, that say what you mean, do what you say, be upfront, you're not you're not uh, uh, hiding things uh, under the table, making under the, ta- under the table deals and that kind of thing. So uh, my, my mind is uh, on politics a lot these days, and yours should be too. Uh, I believe that the Lord Jesus is exposing wickedness and corruption and deceit and treachery and crookedness like crazy. And this movement, this agenda in many nations, but especially here in the U.S., that has been trying to crush righteousness and godliness uh, is all being exposed. I believe the Lord Jesus is on the move. And uh, as I watch it, I pray for it, and uh, I see it. So it's on my mind a lot. Um, I just saw, actually just moments before I logged on here, uh, I saw a uh, report that talked about... um, uh, credits if you buy electric vehicles. Have you seen those? Seen those, uh, those credits? It's part of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act that our president signed a while back. The Inflation Reduction Act. How's that working out? <laughs> well, if you look at, and the president and uh, his, uh, his minions, they talked about how this was going to reduce inflation by giving, I forget how he phrased it, but it, it basically was uh, putting 
so much money back in our pockets, that kind of thing. It was drastically going to reduce our expenses and uh, increase our income, bring inflation down, all of that. Well, if you looked at the act itself, which I don't think Congress did, the way that he was planning to give money back to the people was if they bought green energy. So if you bought solar panels for your house, if you bought electric vehicles, the government would give you a credit toward those purchases. So if I were going to spend $40,000 on an electric vehicle, the government might give me $7,000 off of that. And then the president, of course, touted this as giving me money back. For those of us who are not interested in buying solar panels, it doesn't help us at all. In fact, it hurts us because that money that uh, they are giving to reduce the cost for others is coming out of my pocket. My taxes, your taxes, if you live in the U.S., is going to give a credit to those who buy the electric vehicles, the solar panels, etc. It's all deceit. It's all lies. And Solomon here says, the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. It's going to come back to bite them. And that's just, just one example, right? We've seen this in the, uh, the house on both sides of the aisle just in the last week. Closed door meetings, under the table deals, deceit, hypocrisy, lies, deception, a complete lack of integrity by so many, and it's all being exposed. It's going to destroy them, their reputations. Their, they may lose their jobs. I hope they lose their jobs. But if you live with integrity, if you walk with integrity, it will guide you down the path of safety and blessing, as we'll see more. Dale says, yeah, there's nothing in there that could have reduced inflation. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I think the cause of our inflation currently is a combination of all of the, uh, the, the solutions to the problem of the lockdowns plus the in, uh, just mind-boggling spending that the Inflation Reduction Act and other, uh, well, the whole omnibus bill, it's spending there. How, how can inflation come down with all that? Dale says, I thought the rule was that Congress had to pass bills to know what was in <laughs> Yeah, they pass the bill, and then they get to go read it and find out what was in them. Uh, we are, but see, we keep voting these people in, though. In America, we get what we deserve here. Ken says, California can't afford to have more blackouts from electric cars. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm going to walk through quickly some of the rest of this, again, with sort of that big picture political scope in mind, and then we'll come back and look at more individual. Wealth does not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Actually, you know what? Scrap that last statement. Let's, let's continue to do both at the same time. So for you and me, if we mean what we say, we walk in righteousness and integrity, we don't have to worry about being exposed as a betrayer, as a liar, right? 
there's no danger of that. If if our politicians, those I, surely there are some who <laughs> walk in integrity, and if their decisions are revealed, they got nothing to worry about. Their reputation's intact. Okay, so wealth does not profit in the day of wrath. This day of wrath is probably not the final day of wrath. It's a phrase that occurs a few other places, and it's usually God bringing judgment temporally. Like maybe he's doing now, which I think he's doing now with our political liars and deceivers. Well, all their wealth, you know, some of these politicians, have you seen some of those charts that show some of these folks, you know, they make 200 grand a year, 300 grand a year, whatever it is. And they enter into politics worth, you know, half a million dollars, a million dollars. And then 20 years later, they're worth $120 million. I think you do the math, it doesn't add up. Well, all that wealth that they've gotten through insider trading, trading and uh, the lobbyists and the special interests and all that, when God brings judgment on them, like temporal judgment, like judging their actions here and now, that wealth can't do anything for them. But righteousness delivers from death. You remember the story when uh, Abraham knows that God is going to go judge Sodom because he said he would? And he knows, Abraham knows the wickedness down there. He says, hey, if I can find 50 righteous, will you spare the city? God says, yes. The righteous person can be delivered from God's judgment temporally here. There's great benefit in being righteous. He says, the righteousness of the blameless will make their way smooth, but the wicked will fall through their own wickedness. Sometimes... Sometimes our path is not smooth because of our actions. And here's where we have to be good biblical thinkers. You think of someone like Job. Job didn't do anything unrighteous. In fact, God calls him a righteous man. And for God's own purposes, because of all that dialogue that's going on in the heavens and so on, God brought enormous, unparalleled suffering on Job. So we can't always draw a straight line from your actions to how your life is going, right? But generally speaking, so Job is kind of an outlier. He's an exception. Generally speaking, you reap what you sow. God reigns in justice. King Jesus reigns in justice. And if you do what is right, he blesses that. And your path is smooth. Things go your way, so to speak. You're living well. God says, I'm pleased with that. Here's the smooth path. And it's not fraught with all kinds of dangers and obstacles. Generally speaking, that's true. And conversely, the wicked fall through their own wickedness. And if we don't live righteously, we can expect trouble. We can expect hardships. I, I see this, I'm sure you do too, in, in my own life and certainly in the lives of others as I've been a shepherd for many, many years and I have had the, uh, the responsibility to, to counsel and advise sheep. So many of the difficulties that Christians experience is tied back to unrighteous decisions, certainly unwise decisions. And the flip side is true. 
make wise decisions, be righteous. And generally speaking, your path will be smooth. Oh, there'll be obstacles and the Lord tests us. And, and uh, it's not, like I said, it's not always a one-to-one, but generally speaking, we can expect that. On the other hand, the wicked, they are going to fall through their own wickedness. Sin will find you out. These evil rulers, they will get what's coming. The righteousness of the upright will deliver them, but the treacherous will be ensnared by their own desires, lusts, passions. The passion for what is evil will become a snare and a trap for the treacherous and betrayers, and they will fall. If you're hungering and thirsting for money and power, that'll be your undoing. We are seeing that. We're seeing that as uh, our political leaders are being exposed, the corruption, the, the long decades of wickedness. Uh, the uh, Chickens are come on, coming home to roost, as they say. Is that, is that the right phrase? <laughs> on the other hand, if you're righteous, you're, you're, if you're upright, your righteousness will deliver you. Uh, you have nothing to worry about. Again, I just you know, as I have these things rolling around my head, uh, thinking about what's you know what I'm going to teach on next, uh, illustrations just sort of pop up, and uh, so a, a little bit ago, my daughter needed to use my phone for something because well, I don't, don't have time to get into the reason why, but she needed to use my phone to get some information off of it. Have you ever been around someone who, if you were to for some reason need access to their computer? or their phone, they get a little nervous. You know, Christian men, if you open up a web browser to search something on their computer, you can just tell they're a little fidgety. And when you see that, you think, hmm, I think I know what's going on here. They're hoping I don't see something that they don't want me to see, right? If your wife or your daughter or your friend brother came and said, Hey, can I borrow your phone for a second? If you have a gut check of, Oh, I don't really want them to see what, uh, what's there. That's a problem. That's a problem, right? Your desires can lead to ensnarement. It's going to be found out. But if you're righteous, if you're not doing anything you shouldn't be doing, like, yeah, have at it. I mean, there sometimes there are things that are a little, you know, I don't know, embarrassing. Or we're, we're, we're kind of private people, and so there may be some things like yeah, I just I don't necessarily want people to see all that. But that's different from unrighteousness and wickedness. You, you see the difference? Live rightly. You don't have to worry about those things. When a wicked person dies, his expectation perishes, and hope based on power has perished. People who are thirsting for power and they live wickedness and they're hoping they're going to achieve some great dreams, it all goes away when they're dead or demented. <laughs> it's just not worth it. A righteous person person was delivered out of trouble, then a wicked person took his place. Again, do you see why I started this with reminding ourselves that Jesus is ruling in righteousness and justice. Jesus sees what's happening. 
He sees what's happening in uh, our political landscape. He sees, um, so our, uh, our Colorado Baker, uh, Phillips, I believe is his last name, the guy who years ago made all the news because uh, was it a gay couple came in and demanded that he make them a cake and write something on, I forget the details now exactly, but they wanted him to write something that his conscience wouldn't let him write. So he said, I won't do it went to the courts and all that, and he ended up winning. And then they went after him again because the ruling of the court gave a, an opening for some of this. And uh, anyway, apparently this past week or so, uh, I think it's a transgender couple went after him again. I think it's likely that uh, our brother there who is living with integrity will be delivered out of this trouble and these people who are out to get him will find trouble falling back on their own head. I pray for that. And that sounds to me like the way Jesus works. If you just keep pursuing this, the Lord Jesus says, all right, I'm going to protect mine who's being oppressed here. And I'm going to bring your trouble back on your own head. Listen for that. We'll see if it makes news, if it happens. But that's what a just king would do. And we have a just king. All right, one more. When his speech, I'm sorry, with his speech, the godless person destroys his neighbor. See what's happening? So a godless person lies and slanders about his neighbor and creates all kinds of trouble. But by knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. So if you're living right, and you have knowledge, you have awareness of what's going on, you can avoid the consequences of the slander. So your neighbors just want to take you down. It's coming back to the, the cake, uh, the bakery again, the baker, um, same kind of thing. He's been down this path now. He knows how this works. And he has the knowledge to not be destroyed by these false accusations, these slanders. Right? On the other hand, if he's not living righteously, then even if the accusations are false by the neighbor, the customer in this case, there's still, if, if, if you're an a unrighteous person, there's still, uh, you're still liable to being destroyed by the slander because you're not walking in integrity and you don't have knowledge as a righteous person. So the bottom line is we have a just judge who blesses right living and brings hardship on evil living. People are not going to get away with anything, certainly not ultimately. And there's great benefit to living righteously benefit now of course there's benefit in the future but there's benefit now jay hines good morning from bismarck north dakota hey good to have you with us this morning kieran says the understanding that jesus is watching changes everything an ungodly person thinks that lying deceiving etc have no consequences exactly exactly jesus is not far off and he is not uh he's not blind he's active we can have confidence. And we should pray for him, pray for him to work. 
if you follow me on uh, on X, formerly Twitter, I reposted a uh, a quote by a guy named um, is it Andrew Sandlin? Doc Sandlin, I think, is his his name handle. And he made a great point that those who believe in the sovereignty of God, if if we pray without ambition and sort of fatalistic, these are now my words, but trying to summarize this point. If we pray sort of fatalistic prayers, like we don't really think the sovereign God is doing anything and that he answers our prayer, then we aren't, we aren't, um, we aren't biblical in our understanding of God's sovereignty. If you really believe he is sovereign, you should pray with great ambition and expectation and an awareness that he is actively working day in and day out. He is justly doing things. He is, and we should pray like that fervently. I think I've told you this before, but I have been praying for the last couple of months very specifically for the Lord Jesus to send his host of armies and expose our president and other politicians and their corruption at every level, local as well as federal. And the Lord's doing that. Will you join me? Will you join me in that? Be very specific. Name names in your prayers. And I'm asking him to replace these people with just righteous men who will, who will rule in righteousness, even if they're not believers. By his grace, they can still have a concern for what is right to some degree. It does change everything. There are consequences because Jesus is at work in our lives. Kids, that's why can't they go to a trans baker? Yeah, exactly, because their agenda obviously is to cause this guy more trouble than it is to, uh, it's not about getting a cake baked. Anybody, they got all kinds of bakers nearby that would be happy to do that for them. So I think, uh, kind of back to what Kieran said, says here, it, it changes everything. It's an increased motivation to do what is right. The path is going to be smooth. You're going to be delivered of, out of all kinds of trouble. In fact, it may be that someone's trying to bring trouble on you and they will take the place and receive the hardship of their evil. Generally speaking, Solomon says that's what happens because King Jesus is a just ruler. We've got to open our eyes and look and see what's happening and not put anything, whether it's national scale, world scale. Look, look what happened. I mean, fascinating. I saw a report where I, I guess uh, Putin called out uh, Klaus from the WEF, the World Economic Forum. And we have our, you know, our view of, of Putin as the media has described. And I don't know what kind of guy he is. There seems to be enough evidence that I really wouldn't want him to be my president, <laughs> my leader. But he has called out much of the evil of the left, and now he's calling out this globalist nonsense. Wouldn't it be interesting if God used someone like Putin to undo the evils of someone like Schwab, Klaus Schwab is his name, the WEF guy and that whole group. We see that all throughout the Old Testament. God using one unrighteous nation to judge another. And that's kind of what could be happening here. It's just, it's just interesting, but we should look at all of those things and not see them as fatalistic 
accidents, just sort of the world spinning on. No, Jesus is doing his work as king. And he's rewarding and blessing the good. And he's judging the evil. And that's a good thing. And, and what does Romans 8.28 say? All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We should expect this to turn out well. All right, time is up. Uh, Dale says the effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Right, James said that. Uh, exactly. Are you righteous? Men? Man? Are you righteous? Then pray with intensity and expectation that God will answer your prayer and that your life will be filled with blessing. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. And uh, we will see you, Lord willing, back here on Monday to continue in Romans. Take care.